This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Get that yo ready. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Jack's going to bring the energy. I'm going to bring the sleepiness. Jack, these September games are way too effing long. Playoff fever. Yeah, buddy. Do you know how are you? How are you tired right now? Because I, I, I am so <laughs> tired. I can't even tell you. How are you not tired? This baseball team puts you to sleep. Granted, they were fun right. tonight. Let me tell you how I'm not tired. Don't because tell, you're not really in, right? Like this is this is just you. Being like faux excited, but you're not actually back in, right? Let me tell you how I'm not tired, okay? Because here's the thing. When you go to Phillies games and you sit in the press box is that there's free coffee, and I was just pounding coffee all night. Oh, buddy. So I'm ready to go. I got a playoff run in front of me. Uh, I got a bullpen that is just lights out dominant. James, what if I told you? That the Phillies are the only team in baseball that has maintained a winning record since game one of the season. I saw that tweet. I would say that it is among the most misleading statements in the history of statements. What if I told you that the, what if I told you that the Yankees won their ninety seventh game tonight? James. What if I told you that, Jack? James, yes. what have you said on this podcast a thousand times? I can spin anything into a positive. I know, man. Even this, even this Phillies team, which is <laughs> pretty impressive, if I do say so myself. All right. Well, let's dive in because I've got a lot of not positives along the way. It's been a little while since we talked here. As it's I know. Kind- we, take, we, take, we take one Monday off and everyone acts like we're never doing a podcast again. <laughs> I know. Like, come on, peeps. Give Honestly, us a break. There, All right. Give us a there break. Was, there was technical difficulties at the studio. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, listen, it was, it wasn't great, but we're back now just in time for a playoff run. Listen, yes. I would say the Phillies killed us. Like the Phillies killed James and I, let's put it out there. Like James and I were dead inside. And for the most part, I'm still dead inside. I'm only fueled by coffee right now. <laughs> James is actually up. dead. I'm James dead. is actually dead. I'm so dead. I love it too, because we kept like being like, we should record and we're like, ah. I don't have anything to say about this team right now. It's just like so frustrating. Now I there actually is a lot to say. Of course, we're doing it way too late at night, and I'm way too tired. So um, let's let's get into a few of the things I want to talk about the the Dallas Keuchel of it all for sure in a second. Didn't need him. What is your overall take on this? I mean, all right. Yeah, I think I, I did. You see the Corey Seidman tweet that he put out before the game day and obviously changed with their record in their last 24 games. I mean, the fact that this team has literally gone 500 one and one in their last two, two and two in their last four, three and three in their last six, so on and so forth until 12 and 12 in their last 24. I mean, I, I'm just at the point where I'm so out, like I'm so out on believing in this team at all. It doesn't matter what they do. Like, I, what did what did I think they were going to do against the Braves? Win two of the four games. What did they do? They won two of the four games. Jack, make me believe, buddy. I just think it's safe to say that the Phillies own the Braves this season. I mean, the eight and eight, they they split with the Braves. <laughs> do the do the Phillies actually own the Braves? It's a I think it's a fair question to ask. So what if they so what if their record against the Braves since opening day is what 
Um, five and eight. <laughs> five and eight. Um, they own them. Uh, I think there's no other way to put it besides the fact that the Phillies on the Braves. Um, listen, I like. Here's the thing. They're definitely bad. Like, <laughs> like they're definitely a bad baseball team. Yeah, they're just bad. They're definitely bad. But listen, they what they allow. I think Pavetta was the only guy in the bullpen that allowed runs this, this week. <laughs> of course, which is he was. Which top, is crazy. Top ten reliever in baseball allowing runs, Jack. I heard that I somewhere. No, I'm sh- I, honestly, it's shocking to see a top ten reliever in the sport <laughs> struggle like this. I mean, he's no uh, Nick Vincent, but you know, man. People give Nick Vincent too tough a time. He's, he's, <laughs> let him live a little bit. I mean, he's got a good spin rate on his four-seam fastball for being – if we're honestly sitting here being honest with ourselves, he's got a good spin on that fastball. He's got a good rise to it. Um, but here, like, it's crazy. It was – like, they should not have even split the series, but that's how this team's been this entire year. Like, we watch them every game. It's like, no, they shouldn't win this game. And then they do. I don't know how to explain it. But, like, <laughs> they're not – nah, they're pretty bad. They're not terrible. They're just not that good. They're they're like, they're mediocre. It's what they mi- are. They, they're they the have a minus twenty three run differential, man. They have a minus twenty three run differential. Like at some point, doesn't Gabe Kapler get credit or what? Yeah. Look, I think at least it really does seem that, and I don't think it's necessarily going to help Kapler keep his job or anything. But it does seem that at least the narrative, certainly in Philadelphia. For a city that has hated Gabe Kapler, and that's like, yep. and that's saying it nicely. Um, it seems like more people hate Klentag now. It seems like the narrative has shifted. Where, uh, and obviously, we'll talk about the Ken Rosenthal piece in a sec because we haven't been together since that, and, and that kind of leads right into this. But um, I think a lot of people, including Ken Rosenthal, uh, believe that the front office is to blame now and that Kapler is kind of getting a bit of a, uh, you know, people are starting to come around on the Kapler might not be that bad and Klentak is horrible, something we've been talking about here for a while on the High Hopes podcast. Um, let's dive into the Rosenthal article because it seems like a good spot to do that. What was Wait, your... you mean to tell me? You mean to tell me that it's not the manager's fault when he's rolling out a bullpen of Nick Vincent, Mike Morin, <laughs> like just like their number two starter is me? You mean to tell me that's not the the, the manager is not the problem here? You mean the guy that maybe assembled that team is the problem here? Yeah, well... I've got thoughts on the Ken Rosenthal article. <laughs> All right, go dive in, buddy. Dive in. Well, it's it's it, like it was honestly. I saw it. I read it. And I was like, thank the Lord that someone else is finally seeing it. Like, like, thank the Lord that, that the, the, the national media is finally turning their ire to the correct problem with the Philadelphia Phillies. And that is Matt Klentak. It's, it's, it's 100% Matt Klentak. And, and, and it was like, it was, it was, I wanted, I just want to know where all the information came from. Like, who benefited the most from that coming out? Like, who who wanted that article to get out there? Is it a Middleton leak? Is it a Boris leak via Bryce Harper? I don't know. It's it's It was a super, super interesting piece. And maybe the most, like, I don't remember a scathing piece like that. Me either. Like, Especially from a reporter. 
that's the thing is like this isn't like a, an opinion piece. You know what I mean? It's not. No. It's not some uh, writer, an opinion writer, saying this is this is my view of the situation. This is the best, most plugged-in reporter in the game saying, I've heard all these things. This is what I know. I know that this happened. I know that this happened. I know that this happened. I know that this situation is going on. And when you put all this together, it looks really bad for the Philadelphia Phillies front office. And that holds a lot of weight with me. I mean, and and we all felt this way. This is Rosenthal is speaking to power, the thing that we've talked about in on this podcast for a while now. But I, I'm with you in the sense that I totally agree. I don't ever remember a scathing piece about a front office like this coming out in this fashion at this time of the season from a guy like Rosenthal, from a reporter where you know it's – uh, I, like, I remember opinion pieces, not this type of thing. Um, it, I, it's really damning, and, and it should be. And, you know, all this, the, you know, putting the parallels up of the Braves rebuild and the Phillies rebuild, something, you know, we talked about early on in the rebuilds. And, um, I mean, just how far ahead the Braves are is astounding. And we talk about it all the time as we watch Acuna, you know, hit a homer and steal two bases last night on his way to a 40-40 campaign at the age of 21. And, and it makes me want to never watch baseball again because I know I have to watch that guy play against my team for the next decade plus. Oh, um, I mean, just, just just when Freddie Freeman's turning 30, I, I, know, deal with the cone. I know, and Alves is pretty damn good too and all that. But Yeah, um, honestly, like when I, when I think about the Braves rebuild and I think about the Cubs rebuild and I think about the, the Astros rebuild – it feels like the Phillies half-assed it. Like it almost feels like they half-assed it, or they almost—they also got unlucky. Like the Moniac draft was unlucky. Like there was no superstar talent right at the top of it. It was like it was like Moniac. Well, it turns out that Gavin Lux is a superstar talent that went later in the draft. But yeah, like, but it was like yeah, uh, uh, Groom right and uh, Puck and those guys. Yeah, right, fine players. But like you know. When those teams went into rebuilds, they came out of it with Chris Bryant, Rizzo, like like Javi Baez. They came out of that with that. They came out with with, with Altuve, Springer, Correa, Bregman. They come out of that with uh, like like you come out of the the, the, the like the the, the, the Braves. We just talked about them, like Acuna, Albies, like Riley, all the pitching guys. Like you come out of it, you come out of it with legit superstar talent. And and they they don't have it. They have a bunch of like my problem is is that and and what honestly scares me. What James, I'm legitimately scared about the future of the Phillies, is that they have a bunch of good players, but they don't have difference makers. Like I think Harper's a difference maker. I think Real Muto is a difference maker. Nola can be, but man, September Nola two years in a row. I just, it's not great. Nope. Kingery's, Kingery's a good player. I don't think he's going to be a difference-making type player. Again, a very, very solid player. And then you look at the minor leagues. I think Bohm can be a difference-maker. I think Power can be a good pitcher. Um, uh, I think Hazley's not a difference-maker. He's just a very solid major league player. Like, can they, can they realistically compete for a World Series with a bunch of pretty good players in 20 in 2019 and going forward when we see these super teams being formed like super teams are what is driving baseball right now and my 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 concern and the thing that keeps me up at night is like how are they going to get to a to a super team level like i don't i don't know how they're going to get there unless they're prepared to just shell out 
all kinds of money. Unless they're prepared to go six years, 225 for, for Garrett Cole or eight years, 275 for Anthony Rendon. They almost have to buy their way because they're not going to be at the top of drafts. And unless they, like, unless they start figuring out how to find superstar talent in the later in the later part of the first round and second round and on, like the Dodgers have, like the smart teams have, like I just don't know, like where where is where is the next level of the Phillies coming from? Because you look at the Braves, they look like an, another super team in baseball. Um, you you look at the like the Nationals are unbelievable. Yeah, like, that's what I was about to say with Soto and Turner, and you know they have so much. Yeah, Soto alone, I mean. Jesus, that kid's 20, and he's a superstar already. He's like he, a he 960 OPS or something. He does. He's insane. He's so intimidating at the play. He's terrifying. Like that's, that's what I'm saying. So, so I just – I don't want to think about the future too much, but when I, when I think about the future, it makes it even more kind of terrifying because the, their ceiling may be limited to just being a good baseball team that doesn't have the – capabilities or the the ability to find unraid talent and turn them into stars like they may not be able to do that if they can't do that i don't know i don't know what the phillies path to a world series is i i, I don't know where that path is coming from uh they, well it's gonna re- have to be it's gonna have to be luck it's gonna not like luck in a lot of situations you stay healthy all year look a team can can have a year. Like the the Royals had a really good two year stretch, and yeah, they developed some talent and stuff like that. But they weren't an amazing baseball team. And granted, there weren't. But can that you know, can that team can that team win in, today in with the super teams? I don't know. It's an interesting like, discussion is, point. I mean, that, that team was beating, only five that years ago. That team, team was four years ago. That's it's crazy though. Like I'm with you, but that team was four years ago. That Royals team. Won the World okay, Series I, four years ago. I, I I get it, but is that team is that team even competing with the Dodgers, Astros, or Yankees? Well, I mean, maybe I don't know. Like they were a weird team that seemed to play way greater than the sum of their parts, right? Like that was their thing. Like they were just a team that played far better than you would think that collection of talent would ever play. So I don't know, but more likely than not, I agree with you. Look, the on paper they are far inferior to any of these super teams but um I, I i agree with your overall point and i think it's why it's so important that that this front office can't be allowed to continue anymore i mean this is that's why it's so important i mean the the my and and uh, credit to my brother for texting me this but he's so right it's like while the phillies are giving matt clentak another year to keep doing what he's been doing, even though he's been given four years, like you said, in a rebuilding effort where he came out of it. And granted, he got handed a a raw deal in a lot of ways coming out of the Ruben Amaro era. But, I mean, he's got nothing to show for tanking for a few years. Like, Like you said, all these other teams come out of these rebuilds with massive amounts of talent. Even a team like the Padres comes out and has all this massive amount of talent just by drafting and developing and signing in, in the Latin American countries and stuff like that. They, they, the Phillies have, have had so little success in that area under Klintak. Like, it's actually hard to believe. You would almost think that by sheer luck, they would hit on a few more than they have. It's really crazy, actually. So when you think about it, and what I'm pointing out, my brother, my brother texts me. He's like, you, uh, you, know, you better prepare yourself because the Red Sox are going to sign Kyan Bloom. And I'm like, of course they are. The Red Sox are going to sign Kyan Bloom. And we're going to be sitting here holding our you-know-whats with Matt Klintak 
being an arrogant, thinks he knows better than us thing and just continuing to do what he do. And if they don't, they don't, Jack. If we don't, we don't. And, and it's like... I got a little fired up there. I'm, I'm tired, but I got a little fired you're up You're awake. There. Yeah. Who knew? All it, ta- all it took was the, the Clentac hate to get me going. Don't let him get hot. Um, yeah. It, it's like... It's like, what has Matt Klintak done to prove that he should keep his job? Like, that's what I, what's where I'm at. Like, I think, like, what is one more year of Matt Klintak really going to accomplish? Like, what is he going to do? Like, there, there are legit, smart GM candidates out there that we're just going to let go by the wayside in the hopes that, that Matt Klintak turns into one of those guys. Like, I, I, don't, know what we're, I don't know what we're waiting for. Like we're just we're just like oh yeah okay I mean you're already here and we don't want to mess up the power structure it's like well wh- like why are we just it feels like the and this is so classic Phillies like just accepting mediocrity yep. and ex- accepting a small market mentality and 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 just just it's just, the Clintech stuff I, what is what has he done to keep his job like spend John Milton's money. Like just 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 name one pitching decision. Name find me one under the radar stud that he's found. Um, well, that's the thing. Real quick, that's the important note. I think stud is an important term to use because the only thing that Matt Clentag has proven to be good at, and this is certainly a skill. I'm not taking away from him, but the literally the only thing he's been good at is finding super cheap talent that plays above what you would expect, the Corey Dickerson type moves and stuff like that. Like He's had some really nice, really on the margins, outside of the margins moves, but he's done nothing to create the types of players that drive teams to championships, the Acuna type guys, the the real stud players you can look at as franchise cornerstone type guys on cheap contracts or have the chance to, like Acuna, lock down a all-time talent for a well below market cost price because, you know, you're buying a lot of years of arbitration out and all that stuff. So it's um, it's really frustrating because Clintag has had some good on the margin stuff, but he has built no real infrastructure in terms of stud-type players. And here's the other thing, too. Um, while he's made, it seems like he's good at adding major league talent on the margins, but he has done zero in terms. The reason he has to add those guys is because they have no organizational depth in terms of the minor leagues. Like we talk about this all the time, Jack, but I mean, the Dodgers are an extreme example, bringing up like Dustin May and Gavin Lux, like top 20 prospects to pitch out of their bullpen or whatever. But, you know, every other team brings up minor league players who contribute, guys who they can have as organizational depth, whether it's a bullpen arm and a guy who can throw 90-something or whatever, 95. Wouldn't that be crazy, even 95 with regularity out of the bullpen? Hmm. Um, That's what's frustrating to me is is that, you know, they've hit on some top picks and, and had some solid picks at the top, maybe not the home runs you want, but... But they've really missed with the later rounds and the ability to develop just major league depth talent. They always have to go sign a Brad Miller from someone A's AAA squad, sign a Logan Morrison from another AAA squad, trade for Corey Dickerson, a, a meaningless, you know, giving up nothing. And granted, you get a lot out of Dickerson, but 
Um, you know what I mean? Like, they really struggle to build that organizational depth that in today's game has proven. I mean, again, the Astros are a perfect example. Of course, they bring up Jordan Alvarez, and he's going to win the Rookie of the Year, like, going away. He's one of the best hitters, if not best hitter in baseball since he's come up. But they just bring up Kyle Tucker because why the hell not? I mean, they just have so much talent to, to infuse into a team that is trying to make a run that cheap talent that the Phillies don't have. Yeah, I mean, that's the, like, like, and you hear them talk about, oh, we've been so injury-ravished this year. Oh, well, I it, hate the so, excuses. So are other teams. Yeah, the like, Yankees, like Gio Urshela is like a major contributor. That Mike Talkman, like, had you ever heard of Mike Talkman before? Mike Ford? Yes. I mean, he was, guys, he was one of the guys I want. He was one of the, the AAA guys I want to trade for. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the thing is like the Yankees. I mean, how can you have a team? Again, as I said before, Jack, the Yankees won their 97th game today. 97. The Phillies have yeah. what, 77 wins. Is that where they're at right now? 76, 77? I mean, come on. Yeah, but they're the only team in baseball that hasn't dropped below oh, 500. Or the only team in baseball to maintain stop. a winning record the entire season. The Yankees haven't done that. The Astros haven't done that. Jack, you know, what that, Jack, you know what that stat is? <laughs> that stat is the equivalent of if the Phillies made the playoffs this year and touted that it was the quickest turnaround. It's the same type of thing. The quickest Are you calling me McPhail? <laughs> That is the meanest thing you've ever said to me I, in the history. I, call, I called your stat, McPhail, not uh, you. You comparing me to a 1991 World Series winning team president who is now the president of my baseball team is the meanest thing you've ever said to me. I'm so sorry, buddy. He's the worst. I mean, he is awful. He is useless. Yeah. I just, I just like. If we don't, have... we don't is going to, uh, should and is going to go down as one of the dumbest things any executive has ever said in the history of Philadelphia sports. I truly mean that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're not sure how much power Andy McPhail has, but just him being the team president and, and him being one of the, the decision makers is an absolute embarrassment for a modern baseball team. Like, like the guy is in the absolute stone ages and is a horrible talker and is a waste of my time. Um, I just, yeah. For a team that's two games back, like, it's unbelievable how we talk about this team. Like, we're basically writing their funeral <laughs> for, like, the next couple years unless they figure it out and, and, and start. Like, my, my, my main, this has been my main problem for forever. It's like they, they talk like they're a smart team, but they're actually dumb. Like they're an actually dumb baseball team that tries to talk like they are that they are one of the forefronts of the analytics movement, and they're just they're just not. Like every one of their their analytical whatever is is like two years too late. They they can't find any underrated talent. Like Corey Dickerson always raked, but the only reason he was available is because he's injured all the time. Um, it's the same thing as Wilson Ramos. Like Wilson Ramos obviously was a good player, and obviously help the team but he could barely play because he's hurt all the time same thing with Corey dickerson like Corey dickerson like what he's always hurt with something and that's why he's never gotten a big contract so it's like yeah I just, <laughs> they're just they're just so you know i just i just want a smart baseball team like you're 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 one of the top five you're in a top five market you're in a top five market and they just don't act like it they don't they don't make shrewd moves. They don't act like I just. They drive me crazy. 
I love them too much. That's the problem. Well, well, it's that's like, actually a good point. I forgot that we didn't actually get into the Keiko thing there as well, because I think that that was a moment where it put on display, and obviously the Rosenthal article at the same time kind of really hammering home. But um, to have Keiko come in here, and first of all, Dallas Keiko, a three three five ERA. Then everyone saw the stat, I'm sure. But in his last six starts, five and zero with a point nine seven ERA. He has been a legitimate difference maker, and would be the Phillies' second best starter. Go in a landslide, like going away, you know, as as easily the second starter as Nola is the first now. Like he is way better than everyone else in this rotation. Would have made a difference, like potentially in terms of momentum and all these types of things. Like could be the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. Very likely, probably would have been. And yep. this is a spot where it's almost unforgivable how they handled this situation, especially because like we talked about, like they made it very clear. They didn't believe in this team and we've already covered that and how much we think that was a mistake. If nothing else from the message they convey to that locker room, what they're saying to, to the clubhouse of, of, of how much we believe in you guys. Um, but when you look at this situation with, with the, the Dallas Keuchel thing, where again, all it would have taken was money. And again, the Phillies ending the season as the 11th highest payroll in baseball and nowhere near the top. Uh, uh, Like you said, they should be top five in money spent and sold us a bill of goods about we're going to go out and spend money. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then and here's the thing. And and, uh, Jody Cameron made this point in the midday show today, and, and he's absolutely right. The idea that the it wasn't like the Phillies signed Dallas Keuchel at the end of April or something where they still were like, all right, we're going to give Pavetta time or, you know, Eflin started out really good and stuff. It was June. Like they knew the holes and flaws that they had in their pitching staff. And they not only didn't sign this guy, they didn't even go to look at him. I I mean, it's just such an indictment to me of this front office that, that how this Dallas Keuchel thing played out. And it played out with an exclamation point with him not only throwing a gem against the Phillies, but then literally calling the front office out after the game. Yeah. I mean, listen, I didn't want to sign Dallas Keuchel to a three-year deal or whatever, like a long-term. But once it got to the point where it was like, oh, he's only signing a one-year deal, like – they should they should be embarrassed. They should be absolutely embarrassed. There was no once it got to the point where it was one it was one freaking year. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It like what I just what is what does that even what are you doing? <laughs> like what are you doing? Are, are you just throwing in the towel? Like and the and the thing is is that is that. If you signed Dallas Keuchel when he was signed, and you, like first off, it keeps you in it realistically until the trade deadline, and then you can actually have an honest assessment about your team. Like they they were they were a fraud playoff team heading into the deadline with a bad pitching staff with a bad bullpen. If you sign Dallas Keuchel, at least you can say, all right, we have Nola Keuchel. Let's add in, you know, what well, we saw the the freaking what the Reds were asking for for Roark, so maybe it wouldn't have cost. Or maybe it would have would have cost more than I thought, but but 
like you could have stolen like like a Roark type or or gotten a, a back end of the guy that went like a Mike Leak or whatever. Like just 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 cheap guys that can help fill out a rotation and actually give you a chance. And the thing that 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 and the reason why no one is going to the ballpark, why no one believes, is because obviously the pitching staff is just dog poop. Like the the, the starting staff cannot go more than like four innings now, and then Gabe is forced to mix and match the entire game with with guys who aren't very good. And just adding Dallas Keuchel, another guy that can sh- that should be able to give you at least six innings, less than three runs. It, it was. It's still it's still unbelievable. It's still unbelievable. I I don't get it, and I just I I just want to know. Like I just want to know what their their thought process is. Like that should be grounds for firing right there. That should be grounds for not coming back right there. I like, I, like, I it's malpractice. It is, especially here's the thing. It's malpractice that they didn't even give it a thought. They were like, we don't need to go watch this guy pitch. We don't need to engage in this. We don't need to monitor this. We don't need to really put our tone in the waters because we don't need him. We don't need him. Oh, he doesn't miss bats, but we'll go sign uh, Drew's Vargas and sign Drew's Yeah, and and here's the thing. Like we were just talking about with the trade deadline, the message they sent, this is the the kind of thing where you could have, with one fell swoop, told your clubhouse, we are all in on you guys. Like we just went out and got a side. You know, that's the way baseball players think. They might not look at – you know, they're going to look at Dallas Keuchel's guy who won a Cy Young. Like, that will matter to that. Well, well look, we looked at Arietta the same way. Sure, but Dallas Keuchel's been better lately than Arietta has. And either way, he's coming in from a team that won the World Series with him. From You know, he's a World Series winner and a Cy Young winner. That doesn't hurt to bring into a clubhouse to say, we believe in you. To pay him $13 million to say, hey, clubhouse, here's this guy, let's go. Like, don't you think that makes a little bit of a difference with the whole mentality like you talked about with the trade deadline of of them showing that they don't believe in that clubhouse? That's a reverse type of message. You don't think the Braves were like, hell yeah, thanks for going out and getting this guy who can help us. You know, I think that matters. Well, and you look at a lot of people on that Braves team. Like, they brought in Francisco Cervelli, they brought in Billy Hamilton, they brought in... Uh, they I made a bunch of those trades for are... relievers: Chris Martin, Melanson. Right, like I don't think any. I don't think for Cervelli is a game changer. I don't think Billy Hamilton is a game changer. But they're they're adding major league caliber players to a roster that is that is trying to to make a little move here. Meanwhile, we're like still committed to <laughs> to Andrew Knapp as our backup catcher. <laughs> like, and so many on... more things. And again, it just, even on a more. And I'm more like we're committed to freaking Drew Smiley and Jason Vargas and uh, dude, I mean Smiley is just brutal. He's bad. Like he is just and, and look, he like is always mopey on the mat. I know as is coming from me as the Pavetta guy, but like like Drew Smiley's body language just pisses me off. Like just come on, man. <laughs> like I don't know. Like this team, uh, you know, they're they're, they're really oh, really and can we can we can slot. we real talk? And he's actually probably even better than. Most for the most part, he's definitely had his moments like everyone has. But can we talk about how annoying Blake Parker's whole wind up <laughs> like jerky thing that he does is? He's like jerking around, and it's so annoying. It's like, dude, just come on, man, just throw a pitch, throw a pitch. And then you factor in the Jared Hughes sprint from the ball. Well, oh, dude, I do. Up. It's like that. We have the most annoying. I that that JT Romuto, uh, you know, clip that went viral is just. Every Phillies fan with this bullpen this season. Mike, every time I see the Mike Morin, you know, 69 mile per hour change up, I'm just like, 
that JT Romita face. I, I just I can't I, I I I wish I liked this team more from that perspective. Like I hate all these pitchers. I hate watching them pitch. <laughs> I hate watching them pitch. They're not fun. Like I watch the Astros and I watch Garrett Cole or I watch Justin Verlander and I'm like, look at what these guys can do. That's crazy. That is so much fun to watch. Garrett Cole make the ball just do crazy things. We don't ever see that, man. Like, obviously, Nola's awesome, and I don't want to take away from that. Obviously, September Nola has not been awesome, and the whole five days versus four days rest type of thing is is really kind of wild with him. But, um, you know, it's just... We don't have guys like that. We don't have, you know, you watch a team like uh, uh, 80% of the closers in baseball and these guys come in. And granted, Hector Neris has been really good for a while now, like a little while. But, um, it, like, you watch these guys come in and they're pumping in 101 and 99 with, like, a hook. And it's just, it's it, it it's very, it's disappointing, Jack. It's depressing. It, it, it I feel frustrates like- me. I feel like we're not watching what everyone else gets to watch. Like, exactly. Like most teams that they're two games out, like, like you see the Cubs and you see the Brewers and you see the, the even the Mets and you, you see these teams. Oh, yeah. Like, Pete Alonso on his way to 50 home runs. We, we forgot right. to mention him in our little, you know, rant about young stars on all these other teams. Right. And it's like, it's like, oh, <laughs> that's available like you're allowed to do that stuff but for a team that is two games out and knowing how bad they actually are it's it's pretty wild it's it's pretty wild it like there's so little talent on this baseball team it's actually it's actually it drives me crazy well it's funny because when you think about it like when you really think about it we would say right that that you know nola and then there's like the the four guys on offense, right? You know, Bryce, Romuto, Harper, Kingery, and I guess you know you throw Segura in there, but that's it. Like of guys who are like matter, and even then Segura, that is you know he has not been great and is is a no. defensive issue. But like think about a team like the Red Sox who are going to miss the playoffs handily, and their core four compared to the Phillies' core four when you can look at Mookie Betts. And Devers and Xander Bogarts and JD Martinez. I mean, think about that. I mean, think about that. And of course, and it can keep going. But like, think about that. And and like you said, and that's not even thinking about the Astros who go like ten deep of guys who would would be you know in the middle of a Phillies lineup. Practically, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. They're they're it just. It's it's a shame because this was supposed to be a season that made us feel like the Phillies were back. And instead, even though this is the closest they have, you know, the, the best and most they've competed in eight years, nine years for the playoffs. And yet, at least for me, and I, I'm sure for you, it's made us feel less optimistic about the team in the future. Yep. That's crazy, Jack. Yep. It's that's antithetical. What they, that's what they've done. I mean that yeah. it's antithetical. That's all Clentag. Like there's no other explanation for that. Man. Well, let's talk about something positive. Jason Romito is first in the NL in war since June first. Yeah, he's awesome. He is uh, there, there, here's the thing. Like there are players in this team that I absolutely love. Like 
I love Real Muto, and I, I love Bryce Harper. I love Kingery. I love Reese Hoskins, but I'm also very, very frustrated with Reese Hoskins. Like, I really – I love Reese the guy, and I think the best version of Reese is a guy that I want to be around. I'm not – I just think this is a bad spell for Reese. I, I'm not going to write Reese's whole career off. I'm not either. Um, I like Reese. I think Reese is a good hitter, and he's still he, he's still young. He's, uh, you know, 26, 27, right? So, I mean, he still has a chance to – to put it all together as an offensive player, and he's always going to be streaky, but I, I think you're too down on Reese. Granted, defensively, he's just never going to be good anywhere. But I feel like he's been better at first than I expected. He's improved. Yeah, so there, there's guys that like really and like Kingery's really fun. I like I like watching Scott Kingery play every night. Like that's a dude I, who I'm I'm really happy to have him on my team for a while. I, I just. I love his brand of baseball. You know what I mean? Scrappy, fun, flies around the bases, can play a bunch of different positions. He's a fun and, – and he's a really good baseball player. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it all boils down to, like, I just wish there was more talent to, to, to watch in this bullpen. Or just in this, the pitching this, staff. This pitching can we staff just say that? Down. Like, it's what it comes down to. The fact is, is this offense is – look, the, the clearly it's not good enough to carry them – to the playoffs and beyond, but it's good enough to compete. It's good enough to get yep. to the playoffs. It's good enough to compete in the playoffs. This pitching staff is so far away. I think that's the real takeaway. Yeah. And, and obviously year, it's I not think, groundbreaking, but it's just what well, it I is. Think next year. I mean, I think, I think Howard's going to have a legit chance to compete for a spot. Uh, he, um, what do you mean a legit chance? He better be in the rotation. Yeah. Well, you don't know how it's going to work out. I mean, Jack, I, I, I know all I things. I would agree. I would agree that I would like to see him from the start. I mean, I hated that they didn't bring him up here. Again, that's just another example of them being like, eh, whatever. If we don't, we don't. Jack, if we don't, we don't. Okay. Um, Don't pressure us. We'll do what we want. We're smarter than you. Didn't you know that? No, they're so smart. Such a smart baseball team. They definitely definitely think think they're smart. I know that. Oh, they, they think they are the freaking analytics kings. Um, but like Damon Jones give a chance to compete for uh, for a spot for a spring training like that. Those guys are going to be key. They have to they have to hit on guys in free agency. And if it's not Cole, like, there's just not really many other guys. Like uh, Zach Wheeler's intriguing, but he seems like a tease. He seems like Pavetta. Um, he's like, way better than Pavetta. <laughs> I, 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 I get he's better than, but like same kind of thing. Like always going to break your heart. Oh, he's um, pretty good. He's okay. He's not as good as he should be. Look, if he comes here, he'll get worse anyway. So good point. Oh yeah. Oh, he'll be around Chris Young. <laughs> oh, you think Chris Young has any chances of riding oh, right, the season? Right. No chance. I look. I don't know what's going to happen with Game. Um, as we kind of pivot here towards the end, but. Uh, Rosenthal, you know, said on the broadcast, mentioned him in the article, said on the broadcast that, uh, you know, um, if they miss the playoffs, he doesn't know what will happen. But, you know, Joe Madden could be available. Buck Showalter could be available. Oh, yeah. Let's bring in Buck Showalter. I know. I know. I'm just repeating what he said. Just repeating what he said. And Joe Girardi. Oh, let's bring in in Mike freaking Sosha as a bench coach, too. Sounds great. (laughs) Who else can we bring back? Who else? La Russa? (laughs) <laughs> LaRusso, hey, LaRusso was an uh, all-time great manager. One of the best, if not the best, of our lifetime. So 
let's not let's not let's not let's not freak out on that the other yeah let, let, let's let's bring in a guy actually, that doesn't know how to bring zach Britton into a playoff i game. actually think buck was an underrated manager but i agree he's not the manager of the field but look girardi and madden especially if he leaves cubs cubs are both interesting names and i think if nothing else i think would you agree that Clintac, despite the fact that the narrative has changed and he will certainly be under the microscope, would you agree that it is not likely that Clintac is gone after the season? Uh, I do not think Clintac is gone. Yeah, and, and do I you... would pray to I would pray to the heavens that he's gone, but I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, I agree with you. Now, Gabe, what do you think is going to happen if let's say they miss the playoffs? Obviously, it depends how it happens, but let's say it just stays like this. They stay about two back. They flirt with it and they just, you know, finish two or three back. Uh, I think he's back. Really, I think he's gone, and I, I think, think he's back, and the whole the whole coaching staff is cleaned out, which is which is possible too. I think Chris Young is a hundred percent gone. Even if they make the playoffs, I think Chris Young yeah. is gone. No, he was he was almost gone before this. Yeah, he's almost gone. They must fi- they must fired him when with with the hitting coach. Yeah, a- a- he is gone, and um. I, I don't know. Reason. He, yeah. Everyone's gotten worse. Yeah. I mean, look, that was, I mean, that, that part of the Rosenthal article was as damning as anything where he's like, oh my God. He's, he's basically crushing. the pitchers just don't like him. And I mean, I don't think if we haven't, I can't believe we've got it, but like just the idea that Zach Eflin said, no, what you're telling me to do is bad. I'm going to do what I think is right. And it's worked at least better is as big an indictment of any pitching coach as I could ever possibly imagine. Um, yeah, I I get it. The, the, here's the problem with the Phillies: is they keep trying to they keep trying to to change guys to fit their system in a way um, that those guys should not be changing what they should be doing. Like like the idea of fastball of a rising fastball and getting it up and out of the zones so guys can't launch it is a good idea. But when you're trying to make it with a guy who's been a sinker baller pitcher his entire career, like it's 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 hard to do. <laughs> like, like it's it, like why would they do that? It's it's like it's Chip Kelly. I mean, that's what it is. It's 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 very Chip Kelly like. It is very Chip Kelly like. And uh, if only we could get rid of, you know, Matt Clentak and bring our Howie Roseman in here, wouldn't that be? Some, all, right. oh, all they got, all they gotta do is just put him in a in a back room. Yeah, for a year. and then he'll come out and be a star. All he'll right. go, he'll go study Liverpool soccer. And <laughs> he'll be a superstar, man. Uh, I would honestly, I would rather have Howie Roseman as the general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies than Matt Clintock. Literally, <laughs> Howie Roseman. I'm serious. All right, uh, I gotta go to bed for it's notebag. Final thoughts. What you got? Uh well, my, my I guess. I guess I'll do a final thought um, because I – so the thing about this, like keeping Corey Dickerson would be great, um, but it's it just doesn't feel like it's going to happen. Agree. Um, like he he has the injury concerns. Like his injuries are just weird. Um, it, it, and, and with the way that – with the way that Adam Hazley is playing – I don't know if I, I don't know, I don't know what they do, because Dickerson's obviously a professional hitter, obviously really good, and if you put him in this ballpark, there's 25 to 30 home run potential from Corey Dickerson. But they also have Andrew McCutcheon coming back from a torn ACL. What do you do with him? They also have Adam Hazley. Like Adam Hazley, in September is batting 
well, this is heading into tonight with the home run, obviously. But he's batting 346 with a 413 OEP and a 692 slugging percentage. And also has been really, really good in the outfield. And I, I, I think he's better than just being a fourth outfielder. Like, I think he could play center field every day. But also, Corey Dickerson's a good player. Like it's a, it's a weird predicament this team is in, and I'm not sure what they're gonna do. Because uh, I, I I also don't really want to give Hazley away because I think Hazley's just a good, solid, all around baseball player. And could he be better than Corey Dickerson by the time by the time he's Corey Dickerson's age? Of course he could be. Um, so there's no way they can flip McCutcheon this offseason, right? No, not coming off the ACL. I don't think so. I know. Like that's, I think that's the most logical move if they could, if they could do it. Get someone to take. I know McCutcheon's a great. I just don't guy. think they're gonna sign Dickerson. Is what I. I think. don't think so. I yeah, I agree with you. I don't think they're gonna sign Dickerson at all. But, but the guy rakes. I know. I'm with you. I really also, like Corey Dickerson. He's also Dickerson. got a bunch of soft tissue stuff. So yeah, I, look, and he's older. He's getting older on the other side of thirty. You know, I think. Um. Look, I love Corey Dickerson. I've enjoyed having him around. I would love to have him here as a part-time player. I just I, – I don't think it's going to happen. We'll see. Look, maybe he doesn't have offers and he comes back for a part-time role. It's possible. Um, you know, look, he hasn't ever been valued the way that uh, he probably he should. should. Yeah, so – all right. Um, yeah. well, my, and and my other thought is that, you know, Bryce Harper's defensive liability in right field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that throw a couple nights ago was – Pretty awesome. That Come on, James. Two games back, baby. Yes. Two games back. Right. We got the, the Red Sox coming into town this weekend. It's gonna be great. The tiredness is back, Jack. Uh, no, rate and review. You can't the, sleep because you're thinking about a playoff run. Rate and review the podcast. Uh, quick, uh, my final thought. Just very quickly, uh, we haven't. I, I. It hasn't been talked about a bunch, so I will just put everyone on the radar because I know the high ups listeners are. Baseball fans above all, um, Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander is going to get to three thousand strikeouts this year. Uh, he's only twenty strikeouts shy. It's a pretty good year. Yeah. Oh, good, good job, buddy. Good job. How about this for a pretty good year, though? He struck out at least ten batters in nine of his last eleven starts. Isn't that something? Wouldn't it be nice to see a Phillies the, pitcher do something like that? The Phillies. The Phillies would say no to that. But 20, 20 strikeouts away from three thousand career. That's pretty cool. It's not. Uh, it's the kind of thing that we're not going to see very often anymore with the way baseball is and the types of um, innings limits pitchers have and the you know five-man rotations and the the general lack. I mean, Verlander's had this whole second career with the Astros, which is just so unexpected and crazy, but um, it's just wild what that guy's done, and uh, it would be fun to be able to root for a pitcher like that, wouldn't it, Jack? Well, you know who else had a second career at the Astros, surprisingly? Who? <laughs> Roger Clemens. Hey, he did. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I see what you're... Oh, hold on. I see hold what on. you're doing what? there. I have one more final thought. Oh, brother. Hey. You don't want me to go to bed, huh? Hey, Hector Neris, freaking warm up, dude. Like, I'm sick and tired of being embarrassed by having the umpire have to go out to the freaking bullpen to get you to come into a game get ready faster and come into a baseball game because you're making gabe look dumb and gabe's not dumb okay just just warm up get in a ball game i'm i don't want to hear it anymore 
What is taking you so long to warm up? I was at the game tonight. He took like 30 pitches. He was like, ah, I'm not ready yet. Come on, Hector. Get in the ball game. He spreads himself to him. See you later. <laughs>